then let's close this out. We are in the last portion of the segment, Insights, Prophecies, and Revelations for 2022. This is the Revelations episode. Now, I do want to say something before I go further into the Revelations episode. I was hearing and sensing something about worship, worship being very instrumental in 2022, uh, excuse me, intimacy, but that's linked with worship. So the way that we worship and how we worship. So what I was sensing with that was we're going to have to, or there will be for many of us, that is a war for intimacy. So that goes back to the prophetic exhortation about discipline. We're going to have to discipline ourselves. It also goes back to the prophetic exhortation or maybe even the question. I don't think it was an exhortation. I, I posed a question about are we even fasting anymore? We've been doing those things. So a fasted lifestyle. And I know that many of us can get so religious and it can be so routinized, but let's not do those things. Let's let the spirit of God fill, fuel and lead us into how we're supposed to be disciplined and moving. But what I do or have perceived prophetically about 2022 was about intimacy, that there will be a, a there will be a struggle for many to go into intimacy because there's going to be so many distractions. So we're carrying the distractions of 2020 and 2021 with us over into the next year. I just read something recently last week about a post about some people are being fearful of making some resolutions in 2022 because of how the past two years have gone. And listen to me, I think that's a good and a bad thing. I think it's a good thing because it's, it's cautioning some of us to be wise with our words and not frivolously speak things or lustfully desire things. That's for all of us. All of us. So, Father, I ask that you would purify our hearts right now that those things, when we do ask for those things that were rooted and grounded in love, your love, the Father's love, and that as we ask in your name, Yeshua, they will be accomplished and fulfilled according to the word of God. So we thank you for that. We thank you for grace. But we will need to press into intimacy in 2022 because it's in that place it's in the place of intimacy that things will be birthed and things are going to grow out of. It's in the place of intimacy as the father and son are together. Union, Genesis 1-1. You see, all this stuff is coming back full circle. We have to understand, we must understand about Genesis 1-1. That's why we started with that. Our worship is important in 2022. That's also linked with intimacy. God is after the marriage and the word. God is after the truth and the marriage. And I, I'm, I mean marriage. I don't just mean truth and spirit. The marriage supper of the lamb is drawing near. God wants us to understand he is the good husbandman. God wants us to understand he's the vine dresser. God wants us to understand that he has betrothed us to his son, the bride to his son. And we are in good. We're in excellent above reproach care. So thus we must present ourselves as ready and approved to receive our groom, to receive Yeshua. So the, the wedding is waiting. The, the bells are waiting and intimacy is there. And God is just crying out for us to come up more, come up deeper, persevere, stay down longer, enter in. The access is there longer. I wanted to give that out. So let me move into the revelations for 2022 and we can end this. Psalm 112, especially verses 3 through 12. I'm going to read the entire psalm, but especially verses 3 through 12. I am reading from the Passion Translation. 
Shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Everyone who loves the Lord and delights in him will cherish his words and be blessed beyond expectation. Glory to God. Their descendants will be prosperous and influential. Every generation of the righteous will experience his favor. Great blessing and wealth fills the house of the wise, for the integrity endures forever. Their integrity endures forever. Even if darkness overtakes them, sunrise brilliance will come bursting through because they are gracious to others, so tender and true. Life is good for the one who is generous and charitable, conducting affairs with honesty and truth. Their circumstances will never shake them and others will never forget their example. They will not live in fear or dread of what may come for their hearts are firm, ever secure in their faith. Steady and strong, they will not be afraid, but will calmly face every foe until they go down in defeat. Never stingy and always generous to those in need. They lived lives of influence and honor that will never be forgotten, for they were full of good deeds. But the wicked take one look at a life lived like this, and they grit their teeth in anger, not understanding their bliss. The wicked slink away speechless in the darkness that falls, where hope dies and all their dreams fade away to nothing, nothing at all. So that is a very encouraging scripture. Excuse me, a very encouraging passage, um, even until the end. But something else I want to tie back into is when a psalmist, I believe it was Asaph, when he was praying and he was saying, look at the wicked, I'm doing all this righteous, we're living righteous, I've never done X, Y, Z, and we've all been there, especially we probably can say that for the past two years, mainly for 2021, and all these wicked people are prospering. But according to Psalm 112, verse 13, excuse me, verse 10, the wicked will not prosper and they are envious of the godly. Of the lives that we live and lead in integrity, they don't have any understanding of joy, of the love, of the union, of the intimacy of God, and they will fade away and go into darkness with nothing at all. Anything that they amass will fall into nothing. Now, it's not that we're delighting in the defeat of the wicked and understand when I'm saying wicked, this is talking about wicked men. This is not talking about demons or demonic entities, although I know we discussed in the last episode, we've got to stop going after flesh. But hear me on this. You see, this is why we can't compartmentalize God. Everyone is not going to be admitted and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Selah. So. Scripture also tells us that we're not to delight in, in the downfall of the wicked, but there is and will be a downfall of the wicked and the wealth of the wicked will be laid up for the righteous. So get into your specific points and accesses and places and keys that you need to be in. Speaking of going back to intimacy linked with worship. I believe we're supposed to be so synchronized in melody and sound and movement and worship this year, like a chorus, like a choir procession. That's really what I'm sensing. Remember the Levites, this was a year of the Levite, the intercessors, which tribe are you representing Levi or um, Ephraim, which tribe are you representing? So it was the Levites who were the psalmists. They were the singers. They were the keepers of the house of God. They were the cleaners and sanctifiers of the house of God and of the family, the family unit, and also of community and society. 
the priests and Levites had a huge duty. That's part of the reason why they were divided into aspects of the other troops and tribes and sent into their lands when they got their allotted lands was because of those things. These were a judicious people, men and women, and judicious is something we must be and clothe ourselves with in 2022. So I was hearing a word back in the summer of 2021, metronome. And I looked that word up and metronome is an instrument that's used to, to distinguish and judge timing in sync with uh, music or like um, an instrument, if you will. And we are those instruments and God, what I'm sensing God is saying in that God wants to bring such an alignment that brings divine time space here in earth genesis 1 1 vaving connecting heaven and earth that as we go out and we worship and we sing but it's it's not even just in the singing and the praising and the worshiping it's the alignment i'm sensing and feeling that the alignment as we're aligned and unified laterally horizontally that this metronome in the spirit, this spiritual metronome is going to add up and line up and sync with heaven. And we're going to be so in tune that that intimacy piece that I was speaking about, that which we do pray and that which we do say in Jesus's name, we will see manifest and we will have because we're completely in his will. That's what that looks like. So, Father, I ask that you would help us to get there because we're not there we need to get there. We're so disunified. We're so disjoined. We don't even know how to have civil conversations where we might disagree that there doesn't lead to slander or condescension or whatever. So Holy Spirit, teach us. You are the great teacher. Teach us, Holy Spirit. We ask that you would come and that you would teach us in a time, in a year of teaching in Jesus name. Now, here's something that I like a lot. This is a year of the spirit of understanding. This is a year for us to understand some things. So we talked about the spirit of wisdom. We talked about the spirit of the Lord. This is a decade where the spirit of wisdom is highlighted. It's on the move. I've talked about that in 2020. Talk about in 2020, excuse me, 2021, more variations of the spirit of wisdom. But now in 2022, it is a spirit of understanding. You see, we need understanding to understand. There are some things that are out there. People just understanding brings clarity. Understanding brings illumination. It is that which Paul was praying for the Ephesians that you would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you would understand you would be illuminated. You would have clarity. There will be clear vision. There will be no blinders or no obscurities, nothing skewing, no filtration system that is tainted. You will clearly see that which I have been saying. And this is exactly what Yeshua was saying to the disciples about the mysteries of heaven. This is exactly what the mysteries of heaven was about. The mysteries were concealed and they were placed into some of the prophecies and some of the parabolic anointings and speeches and the dark sayings that the holy men and prophets of old were saying. And they were now not just revealed through the apostles, specifically much through Paul, but they were to be understood by the receivers and the sons of God. Yeshua said, it is your bread. It is your inheritance to understand the mysteries 
of heaven. So we need the spirit of understanding. It does all those things for us, but understanding helps us. Understanding is like instructions. There we go with that word instruction again. Uh, the spirit of understanding gives us the instructions so we can know the purpose, the point, the reason, the beginning, the ending and the middle of a matter of a thing and how to move those with understanding in the times will know what to do in days ahead. Amen. So that is what we need to be looking forward to. Now, God uses understanding to create and for creativity in terms of beauty. Exodus 31, 3, Exodus 35, 31 and Exodus 36, 1. So the spirit of understanding was used to create and to create beauty. God uses understanding as a quality of leaders and leadership. Deuteronomy 1, 13 and 1 Kings 3, 9 through 12. King Solomon asked for understanding, an understanding heart, a large heart, to have largeness of heart. Well, that meant to have understanding of how to properly lead and guide these people, his people. And finally, what I just mentioned a little bit ago, I didn't give the scriptural reference, but it's First Chronicles 12.32. God uses understanding to know how to maneuver for us to maneuver successfully in times and seasons prior to discerning and determining the times and seasons. So that was a lot, a lot of meat. What that simply means is the spirit of understanding allows us to know what to do in days and times ahead before those times and days and seasons ahead come. You see, that's why we need prophecy, because that's what prophecy does. Prophecy tells us, it points us, it orients us. Prophecy orients us into the direction of God where we're supposed to go. Now, something that we need to understand as prophets and prophetic people is every time that that compass or that orientation, it might lead, keyword might, it might lead to the destined finality that God has, but what many prophets and prophetic people don't see is the entire map, all the obstacles and detours along the way. So that's why we need everybody else. We need the teachers who will go deep. We need the apostles who will build. We need everybody else to play their parts and get into their roles. The union, the marriage of the gifts. We need these things so that when the prophets prophesy and the prophetic people are doing prophetic things, that whatever is missing in the entirety of the map, because you see prophets and prophetic people see far, they see down the road ahead. Well, let me rephrase that. Many prophets at least should, because that's what prophecy is. It's seeing into peering into the future. So you're seeing, even if the future is tomorrow, you're seeing far something that most people are not getting access to see, but you're not seeing everything that might happen at nine o'clock, nine, 10, 12, 30, 1, 11, 2, 15, so on and so forth. And that's why we need everybody else. Now, the last thing I'll say on this is prophets. You need to, we need to be careful as we're prophesying because that is a huge pitfall for us. We don't always see the entire picture and for good reasonings because we're not everything. He is everything. We're not everything. 
We can prophesy according to our faith. We can do our part. We can say what he gives us, but we will never have the whole picture. We need other people to come in and prophesy the other portions of the map to get to the appointed oriented uh, destined finality. And with that destined finality, there could be multiple destinations. Because it goes back to the point of some prophecies are just going to happen. There's nothing we can do about them. And then there are some prophecies that are conditional. If you do X, Y, Z, it's just like getting your car and turning on the GPS. If you turn left, this is the way it's going to take you. That's the route. If you turn right, that's the way it's going to take you. If you follow precisely what the GPS is saying, this is the way you're going to go, the destination, how you're going to arrive, so on and so forth. That is a great picture of prophecy and prophets. I am telling you, you, we want to make sure moving forward, especially in 2022, as we're gearing towards prophesying purely uh, uh, pu the pu purity, hitting the prophetic stream, prophetic platform, so on and so forth. We must understand this orientation piece and that prophets see far. Prophets don't see the entire picture. Now, there may be some idiosyncrasies and some misnomer, excuse me, some at, uh, at anomalies where there are some prophets who have gift mixes of like wisdom, if you will, or a spirit of understanding, or let's say an Issachar prophet, where you might actually see the other things on the map versus just seeing the straight line to your destination. These are exceptions and not the whole. Every prophet does not have that gift mix or have those gift mixes or those things in them to understand that. So please get that. Now, the next thing I want to move forward into about the revelations in 2022 is the distinction and the separation. I talked about this earlier on. I've been talking about it all year. I believe there will be a distinction made. Now, in the first episode, I talk about how God acknowledges Yeshua as his son. He comes up out of the wilderness. He A loud voice comes out from heaven and he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, receive him, so on and so forth. Now, will we all receive distinctions and separations like that? No. Let Yeshua have his just due. But I believe there will be similarities where many of us are going to be called. And it, sh it should be a greater portion of us. It's it shouldn't be one, two, a hundred, a few, two hundred, five thousand. It, it should be a remnant. It should be a, a larger portion of us being called into that. But here's the better thing is you need to answer the call. You need to be chosen. So are you going to be amongst the chosen versus just the called? Because God wants to elevate us and God wants to set us apart. But it's not just about promotion, although that is something that God wants in this year. And some of us are going to have to fight for it. Now, some of us are going to again, it's like that prophecy. We're going to automatically get promotions and people are going to be speaking and saying our names. We're going to show up to places and everything. The red carpet's going to be laid out and we're going to find treasures of gold. All of this is metaphorical. Please understand that. But there are some other of us who we will have to war for our promotions. You need to know which is for you. OK, get what you need to get as I've been saying, but God emphatically wants to make a distinction and a separation amongst his people. And it's not just for promotion purposes, but it's also to demonstrate you are holy as I am holy. And I have set you apart because you're holy. You're called for something different and greater. 
That's what that really was about. You are separated. First Chronicles 526, God's word translation. Then the God of Israel let King Paul of Assyria, King Tiglath, Pilsner of Assyria, to take Reuben, Gad, and half of the tribe of Manasseh into captivity. He brought them to Hala, Habor, Hara, and the Gozan River. They are still there today. Now, guess what Paul's names, guess what his name means? It means distinguishing. And that was the king that God brought to Israel to lead Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh into captivity. A distinguishing. Now, I'm not going to read that entire passage to you. You need to read that chapter. Actually, read First Chronicles 1 through... That's though those passages are talking about the allotment and the outlinings and the, 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 the destinies of the tribes. It's those are some really good chapters. But Reuben Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh that was with Reuben and Gad, they violated God's law in some manner. There was dysfunction. And God allowed a distinguishing to happen amongst those three. Now, when you read about Judah and you read about some of the other tribes, there was also a distinguishing, but it was a righteous distinguishing. They got to live in their lands and be fruitful and multiply the way that God intended it to be, but they did not violate what God set before them. That is the word for us. That's the difference between being called and being chosen. Are you going to violate as he's calling you? And the instructions that he's put out before us as we're being called, or are we going to obey and comply with him? Emphasis with him, because I know there's this huge thing going around in the world today about compliance. <laughs> are we going to obey and comply with him? Whatever that looks like, another emphasis, which will lead us beyond being called into being chosen. Now, wouldn't you look at that? God used the very thing he was saying to Israel, to all the troops and all the tribes. I'm going to bring a distinguishing. And he used a man whose name meant distinguished to bring them into captivity. God himself was symbolically making a distinguishing and a distinction of those who did follow him versus those who did not follow him. And you see, when you look at the troops and the tribes, the sons of Jacob, the sons of Israel, we like to think just like they did because we're chosen. Everything is good. Everything is gravy. Everything is butterflies and rainbows and grapes and berries and creams. But when we look at passages like this and we see that we grieve the heart of God, we grieve his spirit and we violate natural and spiritual principles, cause and effect relationships, there are consequences, people. But thank God for grace. Remember, we're not getting to religious. We cannot undo what the spirit has sealed and done because of Yeshua. That's why Galatians is a really good book for us to hone in on and read for 2022, because it's all about the religious spirit. It's all about people who have lost their way, people who have fallen away from a true, sure foundation, and they believed another. We cannot bind ourselves to things that Yeshua 
has unbound us from and brought forth freedom. We will be abusing our, excuse me, we will be relegating and giving our freedom back to tyranny and bondage. And then because what the religious spirit does as well, it causes us to be harsh and hypercritical to our brothers and those others who are living in freedom under Yeshua, under his grace. It causes us to criticize them, which restricts and binds freedom even more. Watch out for the religious spirit. Now, tying this distinction in pull and in these three tribes, which made up the, where their assigned land was, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, his eyes are watching nations. Now, I've said this. I've been saying this since 2020. He's still watching nations because there's going to be a separation and a distinction of nations. Now, I'm not the first prophet to prophesy, excuse me, to say that. Well, prophesy that there have been many before me. There are many now. This is not a new word, but I believe the watching is intensified. The deciding factor and distinguishing is intensified now and moving forward. The second thing with that is this also might be indicative of states, regions and houses. Now, understand houses mean places where people go and gather together under one common place and belief to worship Yahweh. So check your alignments, check how you are aligned in this year and in this season. That is important. Are you sure that those with whom you are aligning, uh, aligned with, they are really in the will of Yahweh. They are following him and they're in his will and that you, because you're a part of that, you're following him and you're in his will. The next thing I want to talk about is Phineas the Zealous, the Zealot. Phineas was zealous for Almighty God. We've already talked about that jealous and zealous are interchangeable. Yahweh is jealous. We are zealous. He is never wrong or unjust or mean or bad or hateful for being a jealous God. And when we stand in the purity under the spirit of God, understand we're standing under or we're under his stand, understanding, when we understand that our zealousness, our zeal comes from him, it is never impure or never wrong either. Now, we can have impure, unholy, fleshly, selfish zeal. That's what the, the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees were. But there is a pure, holy, and righteous zeal. Now, Phineas, the story of Phineas, it's famous. We all have heard this. We all know this. What I simply want to say about this is that's what this looks like. And it also looks like when Moses called the Levites to him after he came from off that mountain, off the tip of the mountain, the mountaintop, and Israel was acting like a fool. I don't know how else to say this because I'm not a prophet who tickles people's pickles or, or tickles people's feathers. I, I actually ruffle feathers. And then, you know, I help you rebuild and, and mend and reconcile because that's what prophets do. Hello, Jeremiah 1. But I, I would be remiss if I did not tell you this. We've got to be careful with how we're worshiping. And how we're saying and doing things. And let me break it down even more. Our hearts. So not a form of godliness. Not just saying things to say things. Not just teaching things to see, teach things. Not just posting things on social media. Just to post things on social media because it's cool and it's fun. And yeah, I'm a Christian. 
But no, are you really living this out? Are you really incarnating this? Are you really acting? What is God saying to you right now that might be contradictory of what you're posting or what you're sharing? Where are you now? You see, this is what I was saying in a previous episode about many of these ministers who are on social media. Teach us how to overcome that which you're overcoming in your personal life. Because all this shiny new stuff, all these things that you can do, these things you can say, these things you can put out, all this knowledge, you're going to have to sift through and differentiate. Where did this knowledge come from? Holy Spirit, highest heaven or world systems or man, which ultimately are run and ran by demons, the demonic world, second heaven, third, uh, 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 the eye gate, excuse me, the third eye and the soul gate. We're going to have to give an account for all these things. Now, understand me, as I said that in that previous episode, and I'm saying this now, this is not to say to anyone not to want to teach or to stop teaching or to stop ministering. No, we have to progress for the kingdom's sake. The kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of God is in me. God in the earth, Holy Spirit is in me and in you. We must go forward, but we must also understand we have a responsibility and we have a requirement to that which we are presenting, teaching, and ministering on. And we have to incarnate it. Yeshua incarnated his life's messages. Everything he taught and did, he incarnated it first. It was incarnated. That's why we talked about intercession in the, in the, very, in, in the insights portion. We talked about the intercessor. We talked about the priests. We talked about the Levites. It was important that those things were outlined so we would get to this point and understand our lip service has to match with that which we're incarnating. So what I prophetically sense about and feel about moving forward is like with Moses and the Levites coming down from that mountain and Phineas. And I know that is violent. It's nasty. It's gorish. And I've heard Arthur Burke's version that Moses didn't handle that well, which I agree he didn't because again, truth hurts, truth cuts, but let's reconcile, let's rebuild, let's mend, let's restore. But the other aspect of that is when we're not careful, you see, this is why we have to go to the Pergamum church, the, the church in Pergamus is we can get too careful with iniquity that is cancerous in our midst. And you see the zeal in us. That's why Phineas was a zealot. The zeal for the Lord in us should say because of the truth and because of his honor, it's the intimacy, it's the marriage, it's the truth, it's the spirit. It's all these things we've been talking about for this year says this cancer cannot stay amongst or in my body or it will fail and falter and spread. I must act now. While we cannot go out and violate like Moses and the Levites did when Moses came down that mountain, we definitely do have a responsibility as they did and as Phineas did to go out and to drive metaphorical, symbolic, spiritual weapons into the camp of the enemy that is inside the camp of God in us. And what that simply means is to confront the sin and iniquity rather than to overlook it or to try to pacify it, ignore it or teach it away. You cannot teach away a demon. 
Now, understand, I did say that many, a lot of deliverance and a lot of um, what follows to lead up to deliverance as far as miracles and healings, those gifts, those workings of Holy Spirit is powerful teaching that's anointed by Holy Spirit. But you don't teach away a demon. So you're either teaching something about a stronghold, which has caused and brought on a demon. You're teaching this new depth or truth or revelation about God that causes you to go into a deeper intimacy, which causes you to go into a deeper level of worship with him, which gives you the access, authority and power to now conquer the demon, whether if it's in yourself or external, so on and so forth. But we got to under that's that's what the issue was with Pergamos. And the issue is with the teacher and something that we're going to have to face and combat this year with the intercessor and intercession. We can't pacify and be cute and be nice with demons with people. Yes, I believe I, I shared this with you all before. There was a saying in one of my old uh, past lives. Uh, we say that in the, in the business field, in the work field, previous life where we would say tough on stand, tough on people, excuse me, tough on standards, easy on people. We are tough and we don't play with demons, but we are easy on people. We don't thrash and abuse and violate our brothers and sisters or strangers. Even be careful. You know, you don't know if you're entertaining strangers. The next one I want to say to you is Second Chronicles 21, God's word translation. It's the entire chapter, but I'm going to be reading verses 12 through verse 18. Then a letter came to him from the prophet Elijah. It read, this is what the Lord God, your ancestor David says, you haven't followed the ways of your father Jehoshaphat of the ways of the king of Asa of Judah. Instead, you have followed the ways of the king of Israel. You, like Ahab's family, have caused Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to chase after foreign gods as if they were prostitutes. You have killed your brothers, your father's families. Your brothers were better than you. The Lord will strike a blow to your people, your sons, your wives, and all of your property because you did this. You will suffer from a chronic intestinal disease until your intestines come out. The Lord prompted the Philistines and the Arabs who lived near the people of Sudan to attack Jehoram. They fought against Judah, broke into the country, and took away everything that could be found in the royal palace. They even took Jehoram's sons and wives. The only son left was Azahiah, Jehoram's youngest son. After this, the Lord struck Jehoram with an incurable intestinal disease two years later, as his life was coming to an end, his intestines fell out because of his sickness. He died a painful death. And we bless the reading of the word. That is a distinction of the righteous and of the wicked. And you understand how I explained with Reuben, Gad, and the half-child of Manasseh, how I'm talking about with Jehoram and how he caused Israel, excuse me, Judah to fall prey into the same trap that Israel did. It's because they simply violated what God said not to do. That's it. Obedience. It, it was always an obedience issue with Judah and Israel. And the same for us. If it wasn't an obedience issue, it was a you're not hearing me. You're not listening to me. They didn't listen. They were not obedient. They didn't listen. They were not obedient. And that led into so many other things about love and so on and so forth. That's why the 10 laws of Moses are summarized in love because it was all about love. That's why John wrote in his gospel about Yeshua's accord, his record 
When you obey me, you love me. When you love me, you obey me. It's synonymous. So Israel could not obey. Israel did not hear, which ultimately affected their love. I think God's trying to tell us something. Help us to obey and to hear. Here are some names of God that I received for 2022. I'm going to go over a few of 2020 and 2021, and hopefully this encourages and blesses us. So you're probably familiar with some of these names if you've been following me. 2020, we talked about Yahweh Rapha. He is our healer. We also talked about Yahweh Jireh. In 2021, we talked about Yahweh Jireh that continued, and we also knew him as Rapha. He is our healer. We knew him as Shama, and we knew him as Shepherd. So those things continue. Now in 2022, he is the jealous God. He is Kwana. He is Yahweh Nisi. He is the breaker. So a word of wisdom and caution. Be careful how you're initiating and engaging in spiritual warfare in 2022 and moving forward beyond this year. First Chronicles 5.22 emphasizes that when God, Yahweh Nisi, initiates a war and fights the war, there is total subduing and victory. This is important because we like to fight everything that comes our way, many of us, especially those of us who are wounded and those of us who are prophets or prophetic ministers, and then those of us who live in the United States of America. We like to fight. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us that there is a time for everything into everything, a time and season. You see, this is why we need the spirit of understanding and we need that Issachar prophet anointing. When Moses sought passage through where Edom had established grounds into Canaan, Edom refused passage to Israel. Instead of waging war, they went around another way. So I'm simply saying, choose your battles wisely. The breaker says unto us in 2022, as he said to Israel in Deuteronomy 2, verses 1 through 3 and 7. Then we turn and set out by the wilderness by way of the Red Sea, just as the Lord told us. And we circled Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to us, saying, you have circled this mountain long enough. Turn northward. But the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done. He has known all about your wanderings through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. That is breakthrough for us. Now I'm going to close with spiritual warfare. I've been talking about spiritual warfare since the summer. It is a year for us to do spiritual warfare. One of the greatest things we will war against is the war for our mind. Watch out for the mental wars that are going to be rising up in 2022. So more tests are coming, but so is victory speedily. Praise God for that. A new generation is and will learn how to war and do spiritual warfare. A new generation must learn how to do those things. So continue to watch out for those judges that God, God is raising up. The mind wars, the intellectualism. Watch out for that, compartmentalizing God. Let God be God. Let the spirit loose. And then fear is in a new form in 2022. It's called dread and trepidation. And dread and trepidation is fear of the future. That's where you don't see your future. You don't see a hope. That's why um, I was so thankful the Holy Spirit did that. It was so impromptu, prophetic. The most recent prophetic exhortations that I've done, they are specifically about that. Fearing the trepidation of the future. I don't have a future. Speaking ill against your destiny, speaking ill of God, believing ultimately what it's doing is we're confessing a lie about God, which will bring a curse. So let's stop doing that. 
Let's hope for, let's believe, whether if we're in captivity or not, like Daniel and Jeremiah was prophesying about Judah, whether if those things are or not for you specifically, or they are for you, whatever shadow or type of captivity any of us might be in in this world right now, hope for and expect for the future. You have a destined hope. Go read Psalm 139 and read Jeremiah chapter 1 and Jeremiah 29. Read those chapters. God has better. God has great for you and for me. The last couple of things I want to say about 2021 is that it's a coming up season. Praise God for that. We might expect we might expect the following some ordinations, some affirmations. First Kings 8, 18 through 19, the house is being built for two main reasons. One, to honor God and two, to demonstrate God has always been about family. You see, we started this with family, the union between the father and the son. Genesis 1, 1, it is the father's house. It is the son's kingdom in the father's house. The son is speaking and the spirit of God is revealing. It is always about family. That's what was with Adam and Eve and so on and so forth. God has been a family man. That's why we call him Abba Father. Family for us is being restored. The extension of the family is being restored. So family is not just our blood relatives, but family are strangers. Family, are, family consists of individuals who are in the house of God. Again, who are not blood relatives. So our spiritual family are family. Yeshua said, anyone who does the will of my father, you are my brother and my mother. You are my brother and my sister. So whoever is doing the will of the father, regardless of however they look or whatever they're wearing, whatever they smell like, whatever they taste like, whatever that means, because you can taste in the spirit. If they are doing the will of Yahweh, Father God, Abba, Father let them alone and consider these men and women, these people, your family. Paul says this in Galatians to do good to all people, but especially those in a household of faith. You've been hearing me say that a lot because we're really going to need it. We have really been abusing and bashing each other, not doing well for each other. And that shows signs of disunity. It also will bring and open a door clearly and widely for Leviathan. Leviathan is on the loose, hot and heavy. Leviathan is also associated with stalking. So I mentioned those stalker demonic entities, those seekers, the gathering, the informants. Leviathan is also a part of that as well. Leviathan stalks to kill, but Leviathan also stalks to gather information. So let me say this real quick, and I don't want to be too long. Leviathan cannot be in all places at once. So Leviathan cannot be in the swamps in Florida and Louisiana. And I use those two because that's, those are two of the biggest wetlands for swamps in this nation. Leviathan can't be in Florida and Louisiana at the same time. Leviathan can't be in D.C., and in Guam at the same time. Leviathan can't be in Nairobi or in Italy or in Beijing or in Amsterdam or wherever all at once. Stop giving these demonic beings the authority and power and titles of God, Yahweh and Yeshua, who's, who's the king of all kingdoms. Stop doing that. Now, I do believe that we're going to see a rise of, you know, and there, there are many people, Arthur Burke being one who believes Leviathan has many heads. And there are scriptural references to that, where scripture says, 
in the wilderness, God slayed the heads of Leviathan and gave them to you as your bread, as your meat, as your inheritance, as your food. So I don't know which head of Leviathan we will see or who will see what in which nation, which people group. But I want to tell us, stop glorifying demons. They cannot be everywhere. Now, they are rulers in high places. So they do have those demons and those entities and factions that follow under them, which again, the gathering, the reapers, the, the watchers, the seekers, the informants, so on and so forth. So you watch out for Leviathan with this stalking. And that's when you need understanding, you need discernment, and you need to learn to fight. Ask Holy Spirit to make you a fighter in the spirit. I'm closing out with Romans 12, 21. Never let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. Listen, I'm so thankful that I was able to present to you at least the message that I got for 2022 insights, prophecies, and revelations. I pray you're blessed. I pray you're edified. I pray you get what you need and you war with the prophecy of God. Remember, take it before Yeshua. Test the spirits. Get what you need and go forward. Blessings and thank you for listening.